Have you ever felt trapped? You're not alone. Our passage begins with a series of traps that were set by the religious leaders towards Jesus. We find ourselves in Mark chapter 12, and we'll start in verse 13. It says this, And they sent to him some of the Pharisees and some of the Herodians to trap him in his talk. You see, unity is beautiful. However, it is often full of malice and envy. And in that case, it's far from beautiful. Here, that's what we see in Mark chapter 12. You see, the Pharisees and the Herodians couldn't agree on anything. The Herodians desperately wanted Herod the Great to be the ruler of Judea and beyond, whereas the Pharisees desired to restore the kingdom of David. Both groups, however, saw Jesus as a threat to their political interest and therefore set a trap for Jesus. But I want us to notice that not only do they set a trap, but they actually tell the truth about who Jesus is. Mark chapter 12, verse 14. And they, they came to him and said, Teacher, we know that you are true, and you do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances, but truly teach the way of God. You see, before they sought to trap Jesus with a little bit of, they used a little bit of flattery to set the scene as they thought it was necessary. But what is fascinating is as they flatter Jesus, everything they say is true. You see, at first glance, we might think, oh, well, they're thinking that Jesus is rude, that he doesn't care about other people's opinion. But that could be further from the truth. We see that he, they later define the point. They define that he is not swayed by other people's opinion, but he cares about the truth of God. Now, this is an important attribute to have as people. The Apostle Paul seeks to emulate his Lord and Savior when he says in Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, For am I seeking the approval of man or of God? Am I trying to please man? If I was trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Jesus Christ. What I love about the book of Galatians is the Apostle Paul shows where his true loyalty lies. You see, it didn't matter what the Jerusalem council thought. It didn't matter about the influential leader, Peter, if he didn't agree with him. Paul stood up to them all and would not bend when it came to the truth of the gospel. Popularity is never worth losing the purity of the gospel. As a aside, I just want to ask, where does your true loyalty lie? In your family, 
your church, your denomination, your friends. Those are all good things to, to seek to have a good reputation. But oh, that we would cast aside our self-consuming effort to please others and begin by pleasing God. And as we please God, the, the interesting thing is we will end up serving people more, whether they appreciate it or not. This is the case here. Jesus is constantly serving his people, teaching, healing, showing them the path towards the kingdom, but they reject him. And now we see in the passage that we're about to read, these leaders show their true colors as they maliciously attack Jesus with a test. And here it is. It says this in Mark chapter 12, verse 14. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay him or should we not? But knowing their hypocrisy, he, the Lord Jesus, said to them, Why put me to the test? Bring me a denarii and let me look at it. And they brought him one and said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? And they said to him, Caesar's. Jesus said, Render to Caesar what is Caesar, the things that are Caesar's and God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. Now, the question may seem innocent at first glance, but I assure you it was a death threat. Either Jesus would answer, uh, either answer would would give Jesus trouble to the point of death. You see, at this time, the Romans were brutally taxing Israel to the point that they were poor and dependent upon Caesar. However, any Israelite that would try to rebel against the Roman Empire would be put to death. So to answer no to this question, not to pay taxes to Caesar, would be suicide. However, if Jesus answers yes, he dismisses the Roman government and worse, the creator himself. Let me explain. The Romans celebrated Caesar as a god. And you can even see it on their coin that he would be the very son of God. So to be caught endorsing Rome was a political nightmare and worse, a religious statement against the God of Israel. But of course, our Lord Jesus does, what he does next is absolutely brilliant. You see, the first thing he does is make a distinction between Caesar and God. Notice what the text says. It says, render the things that are Caesar's that are Caesar's and the things that are God, God's. There is Caesar, yes, but there is only one true God. Second, he instructs the people to give whatever Caesar's. He doesn't get into the details of whether he agrees with the tax plan of Caesar's, but instead tells them just give whatever is his. I know many of us complain about the high taxes here in Canada and the government um, mismanagement of funds, but it's not nearly as bad as the days in Jesus. As Christians, 
We must be known to pay our taxes, be generous, and yes, love God as well and give to God. We cannot control what the government does with its funds, but we do have control in what we do with our funds. Let us use our time, talents, and treasures to make Christ known to the entire world. You see, this leads me to my third point that Jesus makes. Not only give to Caesar's what is Caesar's, but give what is God's, the things that are God, God's. Everything we make and everything we do is from God, our creator. None of us are self-made men or women. God gives us the brains to retain information and the strength to implement those ideas. So I don't think Jesus is launching into a tithing sermon. Instead, what he's saying is as we pay our taxes, as we feed our families, as we take care of the widow and the orphan and the marginalized in our community, we are giving it all to God for his glory. You see, each sinful nation and each person will be accountable for handling their funds, but so too with us. We live and have our being to glorify God and be a blessing to others. You see, what I love about this passage is this, that Jesus doesn't just free himself from a trap, but he manages to preach life-giving truths to us so that we could be free. Remember the three points. There is only but one God. Pay your taxes and be generous. Is this not what Jesus did in his life? He proclaimed the one true God of Israel. He made a special effort not to entangle himself in politics, but to live a life that was obedient, yes, primarily to the Father, but also to the government. The generosity of Jesus should shock us all. The living, breathing Son of God takes his last breath upon a cursed cross that you and I can receive eternal life. Jesus Christ, now alive, and is generously offering this salvation of hope for all those who would believe. God bless and have a wonderful week.